some chains to be broken today. You may be seated. God bless you. I hear the chains falling, she said. <laughs> I like that. I hear them too. There's an army rising up. I especially like that part. That says that we've got another generation coming along that's going to kill some Goliaths. Amen. We're going to see some mighty things done in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Want to do something a little bit different to start off this morning. I want to get Victor and Teresa to come up front here. I want to get these, uh, these mighty man and woman of God up here. We want to, want to do something special for them. I have been, um, I've been his pastor now for since uh, I think he'd been saved about three years whenever, uh, whenever I became his pastor. Everything I have ever asked this man to do, he has done it, and he has done it unto the Lord, never complained. And I, it's just hard to find people like that. Remember not long ago, we, our, our youth group had dropped down and we really needed some strong leadership. And I asked him and this good woman, she came over there when we were on King Avenue and was smiling big. And I figured it was just a matter of time, you know, before this thing would connect together. And it sure enough connected. And uh, we're proud of them. We've got a gift we want to give you. They held this youth group together and did an awesome job for us. And we want to honor them together in the name of the Lord. Amen. Bless you. I love you. Bless you, my brother. Mighty man and woman of God. And we're so proud of them. Amen. Amen. Now the Lord's blessed us with uh, Brother Greg and Miss Rachel Wyndham. And uh, this youth group is um, growing and we're excited about what the Lord is doing. So wonderful to have these people who can always stand in the gap. They can do whatever needs to be done. And I'm excited about that. Let me mention before I forget it, little Mackenzie Odom is home, and uh, we're thankful for that. That's a miracle of God right there. I firmly believe that the other day when the surgery was going on, and Becky and I had left because they had, uh, the doctor had come out and said she had done so well, and they were really excited about it, but it would be about another hour before before they could see her. And um, so we stayed a while and then, you know, it was getting late in the afternoon and I wanted to get ahead of that evening traffic in Charleston. So we headed back and we got back to about Manning. I had a, I had a message from Brother Bill Merchant, you know, to call. So I automatically felt that in my heart that something just wasn't quite right. So we called and of course there was a very critical situation and uh, we just got people to start praying and God turned it around. Ain't a doubt in my mind that God turned that situation around. And we say to God be all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. I've got something that I've been thinking about for quite a while that I want to deal with. I want to deal with how to reverse the curse. And I want to start today, part one, with our words. 
And so I want to give you some scripture to go with me as we follow this. Because there is power in what we say. We need to truly understand that. I want to start in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. As we start about talking about the Lord and the power of His Word and the power of His Spirit. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Look at that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You didn't know you had that kind of power, did you? What you speak is going to go a long way toward what you are and what you become. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now the next scripture I want in regard to that is Matthew chapter 9, verses 27, 28, and 29. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Well, let's go to verse 26, first of all. Uh, let's, go to ver- do, let's do verse 26, then we'll go to 27. Verse 26. And the fame hereof went abroad into all the land. That's the power of people's words. Spreading the fame of Jesus all across the land. Now let's look at verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Next verse says, And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. And they said unto him, Yes, Lord. (laughs) One more verse. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Now, there was never a question about whether or not Jesus could do it. Jesus asked them, do you want me to do it? Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. And then Jesus said in the King James Version, according to your faith, be it unto you. And I believe that many of us are missing the truth of the scriptures and the power of God's blessings from coming on our families and our finances He didn't say, be it unto you according to your positive faith. Notice that. But he said, I will bring a blessing upon you. And if you have negative faith, I'll just ignore it. That's implied. Be it unto thee according to your faith. So positive faith releases blessings. And negative faith releases curses that will keep you from being and having and doing what the Lord wants you to be. You know, in, in there's, there's a great understanding 
In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, and Miss Linda has done an awesome job on Wednesday night talking about faith and how much it plays in our lives. But in Hebrews 11:1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of, not, of things not seen. Let me ask you, what are you hoping for? What is your hope? Where does your hope lie? Well, you know, we can all give the generic answer and say, well, I hope everybody does well. I hope our nation is doing better next year than it is this year. I hope everybody has good health. I hope everybody is able to pay their bills. That's a generic thing, and, and we can all do that. But let me ask you, really, from down in your heart and in your life, what do you hope for? What do you need? Do you need healing in your body? There's a lot of us in here that are ready for the Lord to do the miracle of healing in our lives. In the meantime, we don't just stop doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're walking in faith, believing the Lord that His Word is true and He will do exactly what He said He would do. Remember, He told those blind men, according to your faith, that's what I will do. In other words, it is the substance of things hoped for. It is the faith is the substance, and that gives the title deed. That gives you the right to it. It means it is yours. You hold it. Every time you, get, every time you sell a piece of land or you sell an automobile, you have to have a title deed that says you are the owner. And it's yours, if, and well, yours if you pay the taxes on it. It's yours technically. But when the time comes for you to get rid of that car or to sell that piece of property, you have to take the title deed and you've got to sign off on it and say it's no longer mine now. I'm transferring ownership to someone else. And this is what this is relaying to us. To, the substance of what we're hoping for is the title deed. It's the right that we have to possess what the Lord is giving us. Our faith is the proof of evidence of the things that we can't see yet. It's the key to everything that you hope for. In this Matthew 9, 28, he said, Do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, Yes, Lord. Well, that's all that he needed to hear. I want you to turn now to John chapter 21, and I'm going to bring this all together. I want to give you a lot of scriptures on this. John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, or when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. All right, he saith to him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he saith unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. 
Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Let's go back to verse 15 because I want to deal with something quickly here. Notice what the first time he asked Peter, he said, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Jesus used the word agapao, which is one of the, one of the tenses of agape. Now we're, we're familiar pretty well with the word agape, but the verb tense there is agapao which makes it more of a personal thing. He said, Peter, do you agape me? The word agape means the preciousness of something, that you're all in, that kind of love like you would have toward God. I'm totally sold out. I'm totally for you. I'm all in. There's no part of me that is left out. He said, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I phileo you. The Greek word there, phileo, means brotherly love. I like you. So Jesus is trying to get Peter to a higher level of love and commitment by asking him, Peter, are you ready to put everything you have on the line to serve me and be all in? Yeah, well, Peter's not quite there yet. And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And of course, in the Greek, there's six words for love. So you've got to carefully choose. You know, we in the English, we say, I love a hamburger. I love a Pepsi. I love my wife. I love my children. I love my Lord. And we use the same word for all of it. But you see how we're missing out on the real meaning of the word. But in the Greek, you know, you, you choose which one of those loves that you're talking about. Jesus is saying, I want you to be all in. I want you to be totally committed to loving me. And Peter said, I like you a lot. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Now it's interesting here. Remember how many times that Peter denied the Lord? Three times, right? Remember the first person that he denied the Lord to? A young maid. What Jesus is doing here, he's asking Peter three times to reverse the curse of those three denials. He denied the Lord three times. The first time he denied him was to a young girl. And so when Jesus dealt with it, he said, I want you to feed my lambs, which of course is not a full grown animal. But Jesus said, my lambs are important. And I have not forgotten that little damsel that you, uh, that, that you just refused to acknowledge that you knew me. And he said, I want you to feed them too. That's important. Listen, the things that we have spoken through the years, words that we have said through the years that have been destructive, that have been negative, that have brought curses even on our families? Wow. Remember, death and life is in the power of the tongue. So the things that we have said, the words that we have spoken, either in anger or just 
just, just talking. And we didn't really think there was any power to it. Jesus said, I'm going to do according to what you say. Whew. That's powerful stuff. So I wanted you to see that. Three times now, Jesus asked Peter, Peter, first time, do you agape me? Peter said, I phileo you. And so Jesus asked him again, do you agape me? And he said, I phileo you. I like you a lot. Well, the last time Jesus said, do you phileo? That's where we get the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It comes from the Greek word phileo, which means brotherly love. So Jesus finally said, okay, Peter, that's what you want. You want the brotherly love. I'm trying to get you to get to the God love, and you're stuck on the brotherly love. So the last time, the last time Jesus asked him, well, okay, Peter, do you like me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know everything. You know I like you. And that, I thought that was interesting. Jesus said, as you go on down to verse number 17, he said, it there again, feed my sheep. Now look at verse 18. Let's read just a little bit further here. In verse 18, he, he goes on and keeps talking about this thing. And he, he says... There it is. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when you were young, you girded yourself, you walked whither you would. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. So I wanted you to understand, Jesus is saying, you think you've got control of your life. You think you can say whatever you want to say. And it won't have any repercussions whatsoever. But Jesus is saying, I remember every time you ever spoke a negative word. I remember every time you ever spoke over your children. And you were telling other people, I'm just so disappointed in my son. I just don't know if my daughter will ever be what I know she's capable of being. You don't really mean anything by it because you love them and you want to see them excel. But what we're doing, we're contributing to them settling for being phileo when God wants them to be agapeo. Hallelujah. You understand, I hope I can get this across to you what I'm talking about today. So he said all these times, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, you, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Lord, thou knowest all things. You know that I love you. Every negative word that we have ever said, we need to cancel that curse in the name of Jesus. Jesus proved to Peter, after the fact, you can reverse the curse of your words. You could have spoken those words when you didn't understand the brevity of what you were saying. You couldn't possibly at that point understand how important your words were. But when he came back to Peter those three times, 
He said, you denied me three times. Now I want to hear you affirm your love for me three times because we're going to reverse the curse that was placed on you when you denied me three times, even to that little damsel, feed my lambs, even to the little ones, even to the little ones. Our words are important that we speak to the lambs as well as to the sheep. So you understand the power of this thing. I wanted you to, in, in Numbers chapter 14, there's a great scripture, verses 27 and 28, in Numbers chapter 14, that I wanted, that I wanted to share with you. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Boy, let that sink in for a minute. God said, I'm tired of hearing the complaining and the grumbling and the mumbling going on from my people. He said, and I'm ready to do something about it. He said, you're saying all of these things, and I'm, and I'm not saying you are doing it, but God is saying it to this group of people, to the Israelites. Look at all I've done for you. Look at how many miracles I've worked for your behalf, and now you're grumbling and complaining all the time. God said, as, as you have spoken into my ears, that will I do. Wow. So it is important for us to say the right stuff. How many times have we said, I don't know if my young'un will ever straighten up. I don't know if they'll ever grow up. I don't know if they'll ever be anything. It's time for us to reverse the curse. It's time for us to begin to speak positive stuff over our children and declare the word of the Lord over them and say every negative word that I have ever spoken against my children or against anybody else, I reverse it in the name of the Lord and declare that God is able to help get me through this thing. I believe that, hallelujah. Not only, not only were the children of Israel were in slavery for 400 years, remember, and through 10 miracles and God sending a man named Moses, and for, by 10 miracles, God was able to free them from the hands of Pharaoh. And he got willing to let them go. There are great scriptures on that. The Israelites were to be set free. But not only were they to be set free, but they also left with the wealth of the wicked. Look at Proverbs 13, verse 22. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. Verse 22. I'm, on, I'm in 13, Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. That's your grandchildren. 
A good man leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren. And that's not just about money. That's leaving an inheritance of a godly life. Of faithfulness to standing by your family. Of teaching them to look at things in a positive way. And not follow the way the world is doing things. By let's pull it down. Let's tear it down. Let's shoot it up. Let's destroy it. Let's get rid of everything that we don't like. And that, that, that doesn't appeal to us. That is not the way the people of God operate. The people of God says we will stand and declare the mighty works of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, glory to the living God. Hallelujah. But a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. I want my children to rise up. I don't, I'm not interested in being a Proverbs 31 woman, but I want to be a Proverbs 31 man in some sense of the word. I want my children to rise up and call me blessed. I want my grandchildren to be able to speak of me in the right spirit and in the right tone and know that I love them and I lifted them up and I prayed for them and I tried to help them. I'm not putting them down, but I am blessing them in the name of the Lord today. Hallelujah. God is worthy to be praised. I praise God I'm not having to go get them out of jail. I'm not having to go to pay fines because of them doing things they shouldn't be doing. I've always told them, I'm proud of you. You stand for the name of the Lord. You stand for the Word of God. You hold up your head. You be a man. You remember who you are. You be a woman. You remember who you are. You are a child of the living God. Hallelujah. And you belong to a household that declared as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. As I have spoken in my hearing, I will do to you. But he said that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. There's a lot of power in that. All of that that you feel like that you have been cheated out of, maybe it's a good expression there. All of the times you felt like you should have been promoted, but someone else was. All those times that you think that you are not receiving your fair share, don't worry. God's got this thing lined up. He knows what He's doing. And He's laying up the riches of the wicked that are going to be passed on to the people of God. I believe that with all of my heart. When the children of Israel started to leave Egypt, they didn't come out of their poor people. They came out of there having, having spoiled the Egyptians, the Bible said. And they had, they had given to them. They had just rolled out their gold and silver and their precious jewels and stones. And they gave them to the children of Israel. And they left Egypt wealthy people who had been in bondage for all of those years. But because they trusted in the true God, God blessed them and they walked out of Israel, hallelujah, being blessed in the name of the Lord. I want to tell you, hallelujah, we're going to leave this old world one of these days and I'm going to have the wealth of the wicked that have been passed on to me and I'm going to be blessed in the name of the Lord with an inheritance for my children and my children's children. Glory to the living God. Woo!
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God brought them out of Egypt. But he never told them there's not going to be challenges along the way. He never said to them the way is going to be easy. But he did tell them, I'm going to take you to the promised land. That was the bottom line. That's where you put the period. I'm going to take you to the promised land. He didn't say there'll never be a day that you'll wonder how in the world this is coming to pass. He didn't say there'll never be a day when you won't have problems to deal with. But he said, remember, I'm going to take you to the promised land. Does that sound familiar? Does it sound familiar that God has made promises to you and you feel in your heart of hearts that the Lord is going to bring it to pass? God has never told you that there wouldn't be obstacles along the way. There's going to be some things for you to overcome. But remember, remember His promise. And His promise will take priority over everything else. There'll be some tough days. There'll be some hard times. There'll be days when you don't even know how to pray. But you remember the promise. You remember what God told you. That's the thing you hold on to. I remember what the Lord said. Now, Lord, I I know that you said you were going to lead us out of Egypt, but, but what about the Jordan River? What about the Red Sea? What about Pharaoh's army? What about hunger? What about the lack of water? God never told them a single time that there wouldn't be issues along the way. He destroyed Pharaoh's army. He rolled back the waters of the Red Sea. Oh, glory to God. He rained down bread from heaven like manna. Hallelujah. He brought water out of the rock like only God could do. Oh, you say I need a miracle. I want to introduce you to a miracle working God. Hallelujah. Whatever you need. If there are places in your life that are dry and you wonder how you're going to get through, remember, if God can bring water out of a rock, God can bring water into your dry and thirsty areas. You remember the promise that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. You remember the promise. Even if everybody else turns against you, you remember the promise. Even when they got to the promised land, He didn't tell them there were giants in the land, but they found out there were giants in the land. The promised land is where we're wanting to go. But the promise, and I'm not talking about heaven, that's sure that's a promised land, but I'm talking about in this life, reigning as kings in this life. I'm talking about walking in authority in this life. I'm talking about putting down the curse in this life. I'm talking about reversing the curse that we have placed on ourselves. Well, I just don't know if I'll ever 
beat it a place that I can make my rent payment without having to scrape and scrounge every week. You are declaring poverty on yourself and your family. You begin to declare the mighty works of God that God is able to meet every need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He never said it was according to your riches. He said it was according to His riches. Now, if God had to do it according to my riches, they would be very limited. <laughs> but because it ain't me, <laughs> it's all about Him. It's according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He didn't, he didn't tell them about the giants. But even when they got out of Egypt and got into the promised land, they discovered there were giants in the land. They even sent spies over there and said, look, we want you to look out the land. We want you to bring back a report and let's see what's going to happen. Well, all 12 of those men came back. 10 of them said, I want to tell you we can't do it. There's no way we can do it. There are giants in the land and we are just like grasshoppers in their sight. We don't stand a chance. Listen to their words. All 10 of them, listen to their words. We don't stand a chance. We will not be able to overcome. Two of them said, okay, so there's giants in the land. But our God's bigger than those giants. And I promise you the God that promised this thing to us is going to bring not only to it, he's going to bring us through it. Glory to God, hallelujah. And I'm promising you today, he is still that God. Oh, glory to God. He is still that God today, and He hasn't changed one bit. I want you to understand that, because when they got into the promised land, they still had giants to deal with. They still had problems to deal with. Hallelujah, those 10, those 10 that said we can't, all of them died in the wilderness. And the two that said we can, because God is greater than those giants. Those two, Caleb and Joshua, were the only two that escaped out of that original generation and they were able to make it. Your words do count. That old saying that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Whoever said that lied. They harm you. They harm other people, but they bring hurt to you, not only now, but whenever I speak them out of my mouth about how bad I feel or how, how, how these things are coming against me, and I dwell on that. If I sit around and dwell on that, it gets worse and worse. But if I rise up in the name of Jesus and say, devil, you're not going to win this battle. Jesus suffered his stripes on the old rugged cross for me. And the word declares that I was healed at that moment. So I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And I declare it to be so. Glory to God. As long as we let our giants make us feel like grasshoppers, we'll never be able to overcome them. But if we'll stop looking at how big the giants are and start looking about how big our God is, 
Stop looking at your problems as being too big for you to handle and begin to look at God as being bigger than anything that can be brought against you. It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of changing your eyes. Where am I looking? I'm looking to Him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ah. Numbers chapter 14, verses 26 to 28. I still got about three or four more pages. Hang with me. I want to get this message across today. Next week, I'm going to deal with your finances. And that's going to be, uh, that's going to be another subject that's going to take some time. Look at Numbers 14, verses 26 to 28. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints. I have heard, King James says, the murmurings of the children of Israel. And how, and how they make it against me, which they murmur against me. Look at the next verse. Say unto them, I want you to tell them for me, God says, as I live as truly, boy, that really puts emphasis there, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do it or do to you. You see that? What you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. It's, it, it's interesting for, uh, for, you know, to, for us to understand that thing. God said, I promised to deliver you from Egypt, and I did. God said, I promised I would destroy your enemies, and I did. I promised you I would give you water, and I did. I promised I would give you food, and I did. I promised to bring you to the promised land, and I did. How many times has God promised you and He's come through every single time in your life? Why would we even consider that this new thing that has come against us is bigger than what God is? Has He not proved His power over you? Now you rise up in the name of Jesus and you reverse the curse and say no more, no more, no more, no more. You will not have my family. You will not have my children. You will not mess up my finances. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus and I declare by the power of the Holy Spirit, glory to God. You understand and see what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Verse, I want to turn to Proverbs chapter 13, verses 2 to 3. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth. Do you see what that says? A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth. He didn't say by going to the nicest restaurant in town. If that's the kind of food you got on your mind. But it does come into the picture that God's going to make sure that that food is there when you need it. But the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. All right, next verse. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Do you see 
the significance of what we're saying, of the kind of conversations we have in our home, what we talk about when we're in the car. Are we talking good, positive stuff? Are we blessing people in the name of the Lord? Are we talking about how bad somebody's dress looked this morning? <clears throat> Are we talking about how fat the preacher is getting? And all this kind of stuff. I just want to say, learn to bless one another in the name of the Lord. If that dress looked bad, why don't you take it on yourself to get them a better dress and bless them in the name of the Lord? That's what God will bless and honor. I think it's time for, we to, for us to start speaking the right stuff. And I praise the Lord for it. It's, it's over and over and over again. I want to dine on the good fruit. So therefore, if I keep my mouth, then I'm going to be able to bless the Lord and have a good life. I think it's time for us to start dining on the good fruit. Hallelujah. The, in, in, in Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 and 11, I want to quickly bring this thing to a, a halt now. Look at this. And he called to them, and he called to them the multitude, and said unto them, hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Hallelujah. A long time before I was able to enjoy certain things in life, I was talking about how God was going to meet the need and it was coming, it was coming. Just be patient, it was coming. From those times when we lived in a house that had a snake in the bottom of the stove, from that time that we had to live in a house because it had a big old wharf rat so big in there, he would tear splitters from under the doors. But we were living there because we had to live there to carry on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hadn't always lived in a nice home and had good things, but I've already talked about it and I've always spoken it and said there's coming the day I'm gonna have better for my family. We're gonna be in the name of the Lord. Now I don't have to worry about snakes in the stove. I don't have to worry about rats in the house. My God has been faithful all the way and he's never let me down. What an awesome, woo! Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. You may not be there yet, but you keep talking it. You may not have all that your heart desires at this point, Remember what the Bible says? Delight thyself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I talked about a new truck and I saw myself driving a new truck years and years and years before I could ever buy it. But I'm declaring unto you my God is true to his word. He does not want you to walk about mumbling and grumbling about how hard you have it, how broke you are, and you can't do this. No! He wants you to stand up straight and tall and say, I am a testimony that God will and God can meet the needs in people's lives. 
Glory to God. My rent is paid. I wear nice clothes. I live in a good home. It's comfortable there. I got more to eat and I eat more than I should. I'm blessed more than I could have ever imagined. Those things that I wanted and dreamed of and talked about, I got those. But I got a lot of other stuff too because I'm telling you, my God doesn't halfway do it. Those Israelites didn't only come out of their where they came out with all of the gold and silver that the Egyptians had. So you're not gonna leave this world as a pauper. You're gonna leave here with the riches of God in your life, hallelujah. Well, give him praise and give him glory. I like to say, if you're saying it, you're praying it. Many of us have cursed our children. We've cursed our marriages. We've cursed our homes and our finances because of the words of our mouth. I think it's time for us to reverse the curse. I think it's time for us to turn it around because if you're saying it, you're praying it. So quit praying for bad luck. Quit praying that these things that always attack you will be more than you can handle. No, stand up on your feet like a mighty man and woman of God and say, devil, throw your best shot. You're not gonna bring me down. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I am not what you say I am. I am what God says I am. And I take authority over you now in Jesus' mighty name. Woo, glory to God. I want you to stand to your feet. I have given a statement back there to the sound booth, to the lady, and I want her to put this up there on the board. I want you to help me pray. I want you to help me pray this particular prayer. And I want you to help me declare. We're going to declare a reverse to the curse. The things that I have said that have hindered my progress, the things that I have said that have held down my children and my friends, things that I have said that kept me from getting the promotion at work when I should have received it. But I never saw myself as being an overcomer. I always saw myself as being entry level. That's all I ever want. That's all I will ever be. No, 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 no. I, can you see it good? If I can, you should be able to. I want you to let, we're going to say it together. There's two pages to it. So grab a long breath when we finish this first page. And we'll go to the next one. Let's read it together. Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. And I declare that every curse that has come on me and my family and my finances in every way by the words that I have spoken is broken and reversed in Jesus' name from this moment on. And Father, I prophesy that my family and I will serve God. I declare that prosperity is mine. Salvation is mine. Deliverance is mine. 
Healing is mine. I claim it and I speak it into existence in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Give God praise and glory by the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We are breaking the curse. We thank you. We are calling forth blessings. We thank you, Lord. We are not affected by that stuff that happened in the past. We are set free from the curse of yesterday, from the negative words that have been spoken. And we declare that we are free and liberated in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to the living God. Father, I bless this congregation now in the name of Jesus. I speak nothing but blessings. I speak prosperity. I speak healing. I speak the power of God over this group of people. I pray over every family that prosperity and blessings and honor will flow, that marriages will be strong, that children will be mighty and godly in the ways of God. This church will grow. This church will be what God has called us to be. We want to be a beacon of light in a dark world. We want to be the place where people can start over and find out that we don't hold people's past against them, but we love them and we receive them in the name of the Lord. Well, bless the Lord. Greater things have yet to come Greater things have still to be done in this city